Welcome to MVCC. Really glad we could be together here around the Word. We're going to get to that in just a moment. We're launching out a new series, which I'm totally excited about. But before we do that, I just want to make mention of a couple of quick things. It has been 483 days since we've been able to meet inside of our worship center at Missionville Christian Church on the corner of Geronimo and Marguerite. This is the Sunday we are back inside worshiping God in a remodeled worship center. And I just want to say how excited we are about it, but I also want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your patience and endurance and just a, a lot of challenges along the way through the pandemic. But um, I'm really, really glad that we're able to be back in. And we could not have done it without certain hands and hearts. Um, I just want to make mention to um, uh, many folks that were part of our volunteer teams over the past year at Missionville Christian Church. As you know, we had services outdoors, but we also had services online because I never want to stop um, the Word of God going out. But there were people that gave their time, their talent, their money. They gave their heart so that they, we could have chairs outside to worship the Lord in, a uh, tent set up, uh, all of the um, uh, audio technical stuff. It's, it's everything just to make Sunday morning happen outside. And I just want to say thank you so much for all your help and all your service to Jesus here at MVCC. You were absolutely amazing. So we are in a series, I'm calling this Undercover Boss. And I don't know if you've ever seen that TV show, but we're going to be around the word for the next six weeks, particularly about how certain things in our lives can play undercover without us even knowing. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to address some things in our life so that we can become more like Jesus and passionately follow Him. I'm sure many of us have seen the show. Basically, um, if you haven't seen the, the TV show, Undercover Boss, it's basically about owners, CEOs of companies and corporations that will literally go undercover and they will um, work in a warehouse. They'll work in a service department. They'll work literally in their company alongside some of their workers who are often paid hourly to see what's really going on in their company. I, this is an amazing show. Um, I will find myself being at times very frustrated watching these shows and sometimes I'm like in tears. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. There was a guy who was working at an establishment of service to people and uh, the CEO, she came in and worked side by side making french fries with this guy and all he did, the employee, was complain, uh, moan and groan about employees, about how he hated the job, how he couldn't wait to go home. So she literally took him out in the parking lot in the middle of a shift and revealed herself to him that she was the CEO of the company and she said, um, why don't you just go home and never come back? I mean, she fired the guy. Then there was one where the um, CEO took a job in a shoe store, working side by side with the cashier, single parent mom. And she just basically talked about how she was homeless. She worked from rock bottom. She worked her way back into society and got this incredible job. How much she loved the job. She loved the company. She loved the customers. And she was telling this guy who was a multimillionaire, look, you just got to hang in there, work hard, stay at it. And she was talking about how much she loved and appreciated what she was doing. Well, at the end of the show, he basically gives her $250,000 to buy a house, gives her a raise. I'm crying. I mean, it's just an incredible moment. Point being is that there are certain things that can go undercover. And examples of those would be fear. We're going to address sometimes we can let fear rule our life. Anger that's out of control, envy, pride, guilt. And today we're going to talk about how we can tackle the most difficult thing of all, and that is anxiety. Um, they did a um, research among teens in America a few years ago, and this is from Pew Research. There were five of the top topics that were giving teenagers the most trouble, and I'm just going to share them with you from five 
down to one. Number five, teens were troubled by poverty in our society. That was number five. Number four was the pressure of drinking alcohol. Number three was drug addiction. Number two was bullying. And um, number one, anxiety slash depression. That was the number one problem among teens today was suffering from anxiety and depression. Now, I particularly believe that's just not of teens. That's, I think, all of society. We've honestly, we've all been anxious. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I was getting anxious about teaching on anxiousness because um, I tend to be kind of an anxious spirit. I just have a personality that sometimes gets anxious. I'll give you a couple of examples. There are some movies that I will say I allowed them to cause an anxious spirit to rise up within me. Um, when my wife and I had our kids, when they were really little at the time, uh, we watched a movie called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's a Disney movie. It's a lot of fun. It's about this mad scientist who makes this contraption. He gets his kids up in the attic and they're looking for stuff and he accidentally turns this machine on, this shrinking machine, and he literally, he shrinks his kids down into like the size of they could fit in his palm. And so the entire movie is about how he's trying to find his kids and bring them back into normal size. There was so much tension in that and brought so much anxiety, I couldn't finish the movie. Another one was Finding Nemo. I literally could not finish that movie because basically it's about this fish family and how this mom fish and dad fish lost their kid fish and through the whole movie he's in the Pacific Ocean and they can't find their kid. It was so much anxiety for me about, I was thinking about what would I do if I lost my kid? I couldn't finish the movie. Um, another one that I couldn't finish was Pinocchio. You just want Pinocchio to make the right choices and he's constantly making the wrong choices. I found myself becoming incredibly anxious with these types of movies. So I, I just say it to say that I think if you're a living, breathing human being, we've all dealt with some level of being anxious or an anxious spirit. We live in an, in an age of anxiety. I believe that. The media feeds off it. In fact, I think the media creates it. Our media creates a, a, a driven spirit of being anxious. I think it's designed really to unsettle us. But the, even though there are Bible greats, men and women of God, who God called that struggled with anxiety, and one of those is King David. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 139. We're going to spend a few moments here together. I love this Psalm. We're going to get right to it in verse 17. I want you to follow along with me just to give you a little bit of background about this particular chapter. David was a warrior for God. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. He was a constant for God. He um, led an army. He was in battle with his men. But then there was a side of David that was incredibly sensitive um, he was a harpist. He was a creator. He was a, uh, a, a poetry writer. And God used his sensitive side to speak to David. And he talked to God. That's where the beautiful 23rd Psalm came out of David just being out there in the middle of nowhere in these grassy slopes, tending his sheep and taking care of his sheep. He had basically nothing to do but hang out with God. And so he had this intimate relationship with the Lord. And that's why he could write these beautiful psalms that said like, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, Lord, because I know you're with me. You make me lie down in green pastures. You quiet, uh, you bring the, the quietness of the waters and you restore my soul. David had that sensitivity to God, but also David was a warrior. In this particular chapter, verses 1 through 16, he basically writes about how, God, you are so wonderful. You are so awesome. In fact, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the sight of God. That's what he writes about. I just want to stop here and say for a moment that if you don't know Christ, if you don't know God, 
we had all in our all points of our life at some point we've all been lost from God and God through his love brought us back to him this might be your moment this might be your day to give your life to Jesus Christ and God may be looking for you right now here he says in the Psalm 139 basically says God you are wonderful and you made us wonderful and now he gets into this incredible relationship with God and he's just adoring how God loves David, how he um, has a passion for David, that David is his son. Now, I just want to read here in verse um, 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I, I love that because the visual here is that God has thoughts about us, good thoughts, positive thoughts. He, he loves us. He pursues us. So many thoughts that if we were to go, go to down, down to the beach and grab a handful of sand and we were just let it sift through, through our fingers, let it scream to you how many thoughts God has about you. That's amazing. In fact, that makes me want to love God that much more, the way David describes how much God loves him. Now, he makes a shift here. He appreciates God. He adores God. But then um, follow with me in verse 19 because he kind of makes a shift. And really, in my opinion, he allows anxiety to get the best of him. He's allowing anxiety to rule him. He says this, If only you, God, would slay the wicked. God, get those guys. Those guys who are wicked. Those guys who aren't following you. Get them, God. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak evil about you with evil intent, God. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as my enemies. Do you see what David is doing? He's allowing the external circumstance to cause anxiety where he's being honest with God, but he's also letting anxiety get the best of him. Then he makes another shift here in verse 23. He says, search me. He kind of comes to his senses. I believe he was convicted about the way that he was feeling and letting an anxious spirit get the best of him. And he says this in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way to everlasting. Man, I love this. You, you see David go through this natural just kind of um, flow of, of being very appreciative of God and then he's very real with God let's get him God those evildoers and then he comes back to his senses and he says Lord search my heart I've been wrong I've had the wrong attitude and I've allowed anxiousness to get the best of me so one question I have here um, for us is why do we get so anxious um, I think it was Max Lucado who wrote in one of his books he's such a prolific writer Christian author and he says this the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. I think that says it best. We can choose to be in a prison of anxiety if we allow ourselves to be ruled by it. We cannot avoid sometimes feeling anxious about things, but we certainly don't want it to get the best of us and rule us. So I've found in my own life, there's things that I worry about, I get anxious about that never even happen anyway. So it's not so much how I can avoid anxiety, 
but how am I not going to allow it to rule us? I want us to make a shift today. I'm making this shift. I want you to make this shift with me in, in the spirit of God saying, I, I, I am not going to allow anxiousness to rule my heart and rule my life. And so some reasons I believe that we are so anxious as a society is I think number one, because of intake. We are taking so much information in. We are taking so much of social media and what's happening around our world. We can find out within seconds what is going on around the world. I don't think particularly we were designed to have that overload. And I think a lot what we see in our world, I think a lot what we experience here on social media can bring a lot of anxiousness in us. Why did they go out with me? How come their family's doing so well? What vacations are they taking? How come they got to go to this? I wasn't invited to that. It can cause a lot of anxiousness. You know what I found? I found a new button on my phone. I want to share it with you. Um, of course, we're all familiar with all the incredible apps that, that we have. I mean, we can go anywhere. We can do anything with a phone, handheld in our phone. But I found this new button that I want to share with you. It's so cool. It's on the side. And if you hold it down, hold it long enough, it will actually give you the ability to shut your phone off. Why do I say that? Because I think oftentimes it's good to shut things down so that, like David, we can have the peace of God. I think one of the reasons we get so anxious is because we take in too much. As I mentioned before, we, we were not designed to take all this stuff on, the pressures, everything going on. So just... What do we do about this? Don't feed into it. Shut off the phone. Don't always have the phone. Don't always sit in front of the TV. Make room for God. Make room, time with God. I think we need to watch our intake and what we're taking into our mind and what we're taking into our spirit. I think number two, the reason we're so anxious is because of imbalance. We are oftentimes imbalanced in our life. We can say yes to everything. If you found yourself ever going, yes, I can do that. Yes, we can do that. Yes, we'll make that happen. You say yes to every need. We're going to go crazy. I think the truth is we allow anxiety oftentimes to rule us because we do not allow the Holy Spirit to dictate priority. That's what I love about Jesus so much. In Mark chapter 1, I just want to make reference to that, that it says very early in the morning, Jesus woke up and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Before anything started with the day, he went and sought his father's direction for the day. And I think there's something very valuable about that. We need to have a solitary place. I think one of the reasons we're so anxious is because we're constantly on the go. And God is wanting us to lead us beside the quiet waters where he can restore our soul. And that means slowing down. It means spending time with God. It means spending time with his word. It means praying, listening to God. I, I remember as a... Um, Young person, I was about 17 years old. I just got saved. I was so excited, about six months old as a Christian. Man, I was going to church, Bible studies, going to youth group, reading my Bible, praying. I just remember Jesus was so new and fresh to me. I was like, I couldn't get enough of Jesus. And I remember one sermon from my youth pastor. There was about 100 of us um, sitting there that night on Wednesday night at Bible study. And he was just talking about certain things don't matter in life and certain things do matter. A lot of what we think we need to do, it doesn't really matter. And he just kept saying that phrase over and over again. It just doesn't matter. Certain things, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And by the end of the night, we were like standing. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And I remember that, that there are certain things in my day and in my life that I think this really matters. 
I got to tend to this. I got to do this. And God is saying, no, let me dictate the priorities of your life. And so I just sense that maybe even in this very moment, somebody's getting imbalance. What doesn't really matter? Sometimes what people say, what does really matter? It only matters what God says. That's what really matters. I think the third reason we get so anxious is because of indecision. Man, we are famous for this. We can't make a decision. Chicken or beef? Man, we can sit in a restaurant for six and a half minutes and try and figure out what to order. I, I, I think some decisions we can make are very simple. They start with the letter N and they end in the letter O. We need sometimes to say, no, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take so much on. I'm going to let my spirit be settled. I'm not going to be stressed out about this. So I want everybody to say it with me right now, wherever you're at, say the word, say it, no. Ready? One more time. No. We can do that. I think as Christ followers, we need to say yes to the things of God and no to the things that bring a lot of anxiety and stress. I think the last reason is because of integrity. Integrity. We get stressed out and we get anxious. I think, and just to be real here, I think oftentimes we hide certain behaviors and certain sins in our life and a lifestyle of hiding can create a lot of anxiety. You know, it takes a lot of anxiety to hide something, doesn't it? Because we don't want anybody to find out. We don't want God to find out. We don't want it to get the best of us. And so we kind of had, we have pockets of uh, misbehaving with God and His Word. And you know, the worst way to live as a Christian is really getting stuck and having a secret sin. And then you can't really praise God over here because you can't, you're always remembering the sin and you can't fully praise God and love God and get involved in service and just go 100% for Jesus because you're remembering the sin. And you can't have fun in the sin because you remember what Jesus is saying. And we're in this constant state of anxiety. And God is saying, just be real. Just be honest with God and honest with ourselves, and honest with people around us. That's why David made the shift here. That's why I like David so much, man. Search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way. Do you see what he's doing? He's being incredibly real with God. He realized, I believe, he was so anxious about the people that were against him and against God that he lost this balance. And the Holy Spirit quickened him and made it very clear, David, you humble yourself. You let God search your heart. So the anxious spirit starts with letting God search my heart, search your heart. Just lay yourselves out on a surgical table and say, God, I trust you. Do whatever you need to do in my life. I just want to finish really quickly, quickly here with um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. Paul is in prison literally when he writes this letter and he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, man. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think what we do a lot, and I hope this is just a helpful diagram for you, I think what we do is we kind of take prayer on the outskirts and we kind of pray general prayers like, Lord, bless my life, bless my family, bless my kids, Lord, bless my business, um, Lord, touch the situation, and we're kind of vague. And they say, and I, I want you to grow in your prayer life, and this will bring down the level of anxiousness in your life. If you then take it to petition, Lord, help me in this, God. Help me in this. That's, we're moving closer to where God wants us to be. But I think the real key here, and I think what Paul learned, he could say rejoice. 
Even though I'm in this prison, dude, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, not in my circumstance. I'm not going to be anxious because he was able to bring his request, specific request to God. That's the bullseye. That's where we want to hit. So if we're anxious, we should say, Lord, help me not to be anxious and Lord, reveal why I'm so anxious and then be willing to do what God is telling us to do in that prayer. And that's how I think God can allow us to conquer over this anxious spirit that a lot of us sometimes struggle with. I hope this has been helpful help for you out of the very word of God. Remember that we're going to be here next week once again, undercover boss. We're going to hit these targets really hard. Hope you'll be with us. Remember that we have services here in person now, 9 and 11 a.m. Hope that we'll see you here. God bless. Have an awesome day. We'll see you here next week.